Hi there, everyone. It's Allison, your host. I am coming to you on a snowy day in April. That's right, snow in April. I am not complaining, though. Well, okay, I am a little, but I'm not. Because here on this heating planet of ours, snow in April almost seems like a gift. My great, great hope is that there will still be snow, in April even, for many years to come. So today, on this snowy day in April, I am thinking about someone I knew a long time ago, during the four years I taught Chinese at South High School here in Minneapolis. Those few years were the crucible of so much for me, including teaching, which along with Minneapolis itself was new to me. I loved my students, many of whom were refugees, immigrants, native, others of whose families had lived in Minnesota for generations. Some of them would come into our classroom over lunch or stay after school or come in during my free period to talk. Teenagers need to talk. They need to talk about their home lives, their love lives, their hopes and dreams and fears. Some didn't, though. Some were very quiet, like one student I will call Ezra. Ezra was small and contained with dark eyes. He did well at everything academically. A student, across the board. When I think of Ezra, I think of, I picture the particular way he walked. He had a kind of unobtrusive glide, as if the top half of his body didn't move, only his legs moved, unobtrusively, never called attention to himself. I didn't know Ezra well, but I never forgot him. I never forgot most of my students there. I lost touch with Ezra after he graduated. I don't know where he went to college or what sort of work he took up after that. But a few years ago, long after I'd left South High, become a full-time writer, I gave a reading from one of my novels at a bookstore here in Minneapolis. Afterward, a few of the people in the audience stayed to ask more questions, hang out, chat. Finally, there was just one woman left, a small, compact woman in a knee-length skirt and sweater, curly hair, conservative dress for a pretty young person. She stood there and looked at me. Do you remember me? She said. I looked at her and dug around in my memory, came up blank. Trust me, this is nothing new. Poor me. I'm not only not good with names, I am also not good with faces. It's a vicious combination. Well, you know what? You look kind of familiar, I lied, but I am sorry. I don't remember your name. She smiled. I was one of your students back at South, she said. You knew me as Ezra, but I'm Eliza now. In that moment, I realized that I hadn't really been lying when I told her she looked kind of familiar. She did. She still had the same self-possessed quiet, the same unobtrusive way of moving, 
that Ezra had had long ago. We talked for a while. I told her how sorry I was for what she must have gone through inside herself back then, all those years ago, knowing that her body didn't match who she knew herself to be, and knowing that no one else saw her the way she knew she was. I asked how things were now. She shook her head, but in a relieved kind of way. I wouldn't be alive if I hadn't made the change, she said. I was dying. Inside myself, I was dying. When I was a little kid, my favorite TV show was Batman. The live-action version with all the kapows and bams. I used to put myself to sleep at night by making up all kinds of scenarios in which I was Batgirl. But uh, not with Batman or Robin. (laughs) It was just me, Batgirl, flying over Gotham, keeping the world safe for all the unsuspecting citizens. I still dream of flying. I still dream of keeping the world safe. For all its awfulness, we are living in a time, at least in some places, when someone born Ezra can become Eliza, the person she was meant to be. Thinking about Ezra, who became Eliza, makes me think about a gorgeous and powerful poem by Karen Bjork Cuban about a child determined to transcend her humanness and become a mouse. Here is the poem. Mouse. Next year, I will be a mouse. She squeezed my hand tighter. The school year was almost over, and that day she had let two other children pick the rhinestones off her favorite pair of jeans, amazed at how each small, bold sparkle lost its hold to the scrape of a fingernail. Her stomach was a constant gnawing. I protested, but she was sure. Slowly that summer, her eyes widened, irises blackened. You could only see the fur in certain lights, and only if you looked, but it was there, fine, silky, pewter. Her ears thinned and pinked, cupped themselves. She curled into hoodies, pulled the sleeves around over her hands to make paws. Her movements quickened shadow-like, peripheral, when she wasn't still as a smooth gray pebble, alert to those who could sense her difference. Her difference? She does not know her strength. I imagine the next shift, sparkling green serpent, lithe slow loris, pegasus soaring. At night, I read her stories, tuck invisible names under her pillow like prayers, siren, Dryad, Chimera, Phoenix, Valkyrie. I picture her unfurling to full stature, 
her eyes gleaming tanzanite. Well, that is it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please send the link to someone else who might and give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere at all, if you're so inclined. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, Mouse, by Karin Bjork Cuban, was read by the poet herself and is used with her kind permission. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. You can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more info, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it's rough out there, and we have to help each other through. Mm-hmm.